College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about some good old-fashioned college hoops. And was it the first weekend of the tournament or what? Because the the buzzer beaters, I think we had three of them before, like, the night session. The upsets on the road, I, I have something written down literally in my notes to hell with home court. We've been talking about home court, and for, for great reasons, right, especially betting reasons, this whole year, and, and, you know, until the cows come home, we'll be talking about it. But this week, it just didn't feel like it mattered as much. It was a crazy, crazy week. Like I said, upsets, hungry teams, buzzer beaters. What the hell happened in Iowa-Michigan State game? You know, half-court stuff, Arizona. I mean, just desperate teams like North Carolina getting the job done after having a huge, huge, uh, um, you know, a disappointing season, I should say. Like uh, Florida State coming back from 25 points down. We were just talking about that before we hit record. Crazy, crazy weekend. We'll talk all about it. And, of course, you know, we'll do the conference whip around. We now have some clarity. Let's put it that way. I mean, we talk about clarity, but maybe midweek all of a sudden, you know, it'll tighten up and all of a sudden a race will be tighter than we thought. But we, we, it looks like it appears we're safe on some clarity when it comes to this, uh, these league races, you know, for the regular season title and whatnot. And, of course, we'll preview and predict, you know, what is now the last week of the regular season. Pretty crazy to say, but here we are. Of course, we got the conference finals and all that good stuff. But, yeah, here we are down the stretch. March Madness is right around the corner. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it open. Download the show directly there. You can find this here College Ball Show under the Rope-A-Dope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, uh, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and a host of other places while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegrillytruth.com and Sports News 24. And one more thing, get your TV together without the hassles of cable. Stream the best entertainment in sports, starting with 75 live channels. For a limited time, save $120 over the four, first year when you get any package and buy the DirecTV streaming device. No annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, DirecTV Stream. Okay, so like I said, to hell with home court for some of these games. I mean, we, we, you know, we can talk about the upsets, the buzzer beaters, we'll leave with that. But even Bama in Kansas sneaking out wins at home, like we said. Purdue got beat at home. Arizona got beat at home. I mean, Miami got beat at home. Like, it just misses. Oh, no, actually, I take that back. Iowa State, New Mexico got beat at home. And, and we can even talk about it, you know, I think last Wednesday. You know, marquee matchups, you favor the home team. But, boy, the recent results we've had is just more and more a sign of, you know, a crazy March Madness, just like we've been talking about, like the vibe we had going in to the canceled 2020 tournament, my friend. 
Yes, we are in for what should be a really, really fun March. Uh, I think what the bracket comes out in like less than three weeks, we're so close to what should be an incredible time because, again, there's about 10 teams that probably believe right now in their locker room that we can win a title. And that's normally never the case in college basketball. Normally it's about three or four. But um, the way this year is going, man, we're, we're in for a very fun year. And I think Saturday, Chris, is probably a preview for what could be like the opening week of March Madness, where just we're going to have a bunch of crazy games, some buzzer beaters, some crazy comebacks, and that's just kind of the way it is. Um, the And Iowa kind of got the ball rolling. Um, that game – uh, to start off, and hell, the announcers were even kind of checking out because as well as things where Iowa and Michigan State was on ESPN, but there was a game coming up after, which I think it was like Kentucky-Auburn. They're like, oh, we're going to get you a Kentucky-Auburn game soon because I think it was like uh, Iowa was down like six or seven, like 30 seconds to go. So you kind of get the cliche announcer bit of like, hey, you know, well, we're ah, they're doing okay. Like, man, you know, you hit a couple of threes here, you never know it's a ball game. But three after three after three, a couple missed free throws on three. Five um, straight threes. They were down 13 with a buck 34 left. That That's – if you got a 13-point lead with 90 seconds to go, um, that, that's, got, that's a game you got to win. And there's, Steph there's, Curry was not playing. Yeah, so uh, five straight threes, nuts. Yes, it, it is. That that That's a – and then, of course – you know, the game goes into overtime, and, of course, they cover this game spread in OT. Yeah. They were like a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They won by six. If you bet Sparty, man, you got to oh, pour, pour out a strong drink because that that's a that's a really bad beat. That one's tough. I could already that's... see it, like, the 134 mark going on my bookie and, like, all right, so I got that win. Let's, let's take half of those winnings, Marshall, and let's put it towards this game. Let's put it towards that game and see if I can yeah. spread out more for the yeah now. Jesus, man, that, that's a that's a brutal freaking beat. Uh, but hey, for Iowa, um, they'd gotten their butt kicked twice in a row on the road, and obviously, you know, they're they're obviously they're never going to be a defensive lockdown team. They're going to try and run gun with you. So that's a nice win for them. Uh, Michigan State, uh, they'd actually they'd actually just had a nice win. Um, so they, you know, they, and they were about to have another good win in a row, but they slipped up yeah. a little bit there, you know, so, but obviously I would assume that they'll be, Izzo's will be, Izzo will be dancing again. And, um, then, well, I mean, well, we can go a couple different directions, but Arizona state, um, man, what, what a, what a big win for them. Cause they're another bubble team like my Tar Heels where they needed a big win on the year. Cause they'd been a bit of a funk and U of A. It turns out they'd not they'd won one of the last eleven years at, at the U of A's court, and they were pretty much first half. I think they were up three at halftime, and then the second half, Arizona kind of found their groove, and they're just they're a better well they were pretty much a better overall team for the year. But uh, Arizona State hit a couple threes and never quit. Their team was like in massive foul trouble. They had like four guys who had four fouls down the stretch, but Arizona took a couple of reckless threes. Arizona State hit some threes, and uh, Arizona got fat. Arizona was shooting free throws. They're up one with three and a half seconds to go. The, their big missed the first one, made the second, and then you have uh, Arizona State kind of did that little. I'm going to make kind of a U shape, so I'm going to loop towards the ball near the three point line. And of course, if you're Arizona, you don't want to foul because you're up two, and they let the guy get off two dribbles. 
and he was probably about 10 feet before half court, let it go, and that ball was just, I mean, that thing was a, a perfect rope for a shot. Splashed in, hit the bounce off the rim, got off in plenty of time, and Arizona State uh, gets a big win. Now, obviously, U of A season's not over yet, but a huge win for them in another fun, great rivalry game. There, there's just something fun about buzzer beaters, Chris. That's part of college basketball. Getting ready for March and a, a huge, nice win for Arizona State. Yeah, uh, another like you said, desperate team, Florida State. <laughs> I mean, there, just even before we get into that, there was five top twenty-five teams that lost um, before Purdue and uh, Indiana tipped off. I mean, it was crazy like that. But yeah, I mean, Florida State that. <laughs> The difference in halves are just nuts with that. Florida State comes back from 25 down, and, and when you look at it, it's 54 to 31 at half. Miami just flipped the score, 54 to 30 instead of that 31. They end up winning on a freaking buzzer beater. Um, it's just wild, dude. I mean, this whole—it's barely—it's so hard to even describe some of this stuff. Um, but that was a huge, huge win. Um, Purdue lost at home. We've been kind of uh, detailing, you know, Purdue in general. We talked about it last week, like how, just how good are they, the the, the supporting cast. Uh, um, there definitely seems to be some issues there, obviously. Um, so that was a huge win by Indiana. San Diego State, buzzer beater. You know, on the road at New Mexico, who was a desperate team, we, we kind of thought they'd maybe win that one. Um, but yeah, the, the Florida State 33 foot, you know, heave that goes in. I mean, that it just, there's just so you can go every which way this week. One game that was uh, very competitive had kind of a weird start to it. Was that and probably the most high profile? Ranked versus ranked was Texas and Baylor. Um, early, I think five, six minutes into that, leading scorer uh, Keontae George left with an ankle injury. But yeah, Texas opens up 18 to 4 run. Baylor ended on a 25 to 9 run. Um, Texas came out really hot with all of their nine field goals made at the time, were assisted, um, and that, that Dylan DeSue or whatever, he was going off early. But, you know, Baylor hung in there and uh, ended up getting a big win. There was this tweet by Mike Randall, the three-point shot is truly the great equalizer in college basketball, and I think it is now in the pros too. But North Carolina buried Virginia last night when the Tar Heels went 8 for 14 from deep in the first 12 minutes. Maryland, at the time, was, you know, getting that Northwestern for that reason. Um this is just, like I said, it just felt like the first first uh, week of the tournament. But that Texas-Baylor game was pretty well played, and Baylor, you know, did what they had to do shorthanded. Well, and it just kind of goes to show my thoughts all year on the biggest issue with Texas is, okay, there's not a good shooting team. Like, okay, I know they're a good-ass team, they have a good-ass record, but they had over almost an eight-minute stretch where they couldn't score. And Baylor went on, it was almost, they went, I think they went on like a 14-0 to run where Texas couldn't score for seven minutes. So could Texas make a deep run in March? Sure. But 
And are they good defensively? Yes. But offensively, and again, every team has a weakness. Like, I, I, they're not. But that's just, I've seen to watch a lot of their games here. They're, the one weakness Texas does have is they can go through offensive droughts. And you kind of had the feeling, Chris, where Baylor went on that run in the second half that it was going to kind of take over, and they did. In the second half, I think Baylor went into halftime up two. And then with about 10 minutes left in the game, they're up double digits. So, um, obviously, that's not a, a bad loss for Texas Tech. Because, I mean, Baylor, I think right now, is one of the hottest teams in the country. For, for Texas. So, or, sorry, for Texas. Yeah, for Texas. So, But, hey, Baylor, man, that flogger, I believe that's how you pronounce it, that dude, he's cold. He, he's good. And they got their they got their center back. Um, that is a team. I'm going to stamp it, Chris. I, I, last week I said Creighton's making the Final Four. This week I'm throwing Baylor in my Final Four. Now, knowing, knowing the, uh, the March Madness gods are going to put him in the same bracket, for my luck, but <laughs> right. as of right now, well, you can put that in the contract in the details. Yes. Okay, so yeah, so if, if this if, does not happen, yeah, if, if both are in the same region, though, then hell, I got I got my two picks to win the region, unless they again mathematically <laughs> have to play each other. But I got Baylor making the Final Four. Um, you have a team who won it um, two years ago, and you have a team that just has really good guard play. And as we'll learn, Chris. Come March Madness, we do our bracket time. One of the biggest things that every year, almost no matter what, is a team that makes a deep run in March has super good guards. Now, sometimes it might be one guard on your team, or that's like an NBA lottery guy, or you kind of have just a bunch of really well-rounded college guards in general. Baylor's got a handful of just good guards. Uh, so this is my second stamp of approval for Final Four Rush. I'll have to add someone in next week. I'll, maybe I'll add a team in every week, and it's all four by the time we get to March Madness. But Creighton and Baylor, hope you're going dance in the Final Four because I'm going to look pretty good at those podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, now cemented as an ongoing segment, you know, just so you know. Um, like, hey, you for, know. One, for once you can't give me shit because I've normally always been the guy for the last decade. Well, I'll just kind of surprise question you. This year, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm the one throwing out my locks, and if if they go wrong, then it is what it is. But I haven't said, "Hey, Chris, who's your final four? Spur of the moment, give it to me in ten seconds. <laughs> right? Or in nineteen I'm, I'm, I'm uh, thinking... in nineteen seventy eight? What? Uh, you know, it, it, he's got all week to text me something, right? To, to talk about the segment. <laughs> nah, nah, we're going to go live, baby. But that's part of it. That's what I love about it. So you know, um, so all of a sudden, a dangerous team in the Big East Tournament, now that they're fully healthy with that Justin Moles or Moores or whatever the hell his name is, what about Villanova heating up Dixon? Big upset over Creighton on top of, that was Saturday, on top of beating Xavier during the week. I mean, wow, that, that's kind of surprising there. A um, couple other items, uh, the Zags outlast St. Mary's. Um, they, you could just tell the Zags were pissed off from the start of that game. They came out, you know, well, you know, St. Mary, they came out hot and then St. Mary's kind of evened it out. It was like 20, I marked it here, 26 to 19 at the 546 mark, but St. Mary's had six turnovers and they had just cut the lead. Uh, but then sometime, it was 1143 in the second half, 52 to 46, that, uh, Mahaney, was heating up in the second half. And St. Mary's, you know, they, they'd cut the lead, cut the lead, cut the lead. But, you know, credit to Gonzaga. They just, like I said, they basically outlasted him and said, nah, dude, uh, 
uh, we're the big brother, and uh, it's been since like over a decade since we had to share this conference final and uh, or conference you know standings for the for the whole WCC. We're getting it done. So, shouts out to the Zags there. I thought that was um, you know a nice victory that they they obviously had to have. You know, the the one thing I'll say about them, well, actually about that game. First of all. This is the probably the best St. Mary's team I've seen, Chris. I know that they did lose and they got ran out the gym, and and that was probably a revenge game for Gonzaga. I don't but, think they got ran out of the gym, but keep going. Well, they they, they well I expected Gonzaga to punch, uh, and they did because they they lost the one previously. They didn't get around the gym, but what I was gonna say was, um, I actually think St. Mary's has better guards. Like that, I've watched both those games now, and like they, there's been. I think, hell, Gonzaga had three or four air balls in the first half. They had multiple air balls in the same areas. Like, this is not your typical guard team for Gonzaga because they normally have, like, a lottery pick. Now, you got Timmy. He's their go-to guy. They got the bigs. They're a good team. But the guard play of Johnson and Mahaney for St. Mary's, this St. Mary's team is probably the best team I've seen that they've had. Because both those guards are really good. Now, their bigs got into foul trouble in the first half. I bet Gonzaga first half, and I, I cashed that one kind of easy. But um, this St. Mary's squad is legit. Normally, they seem to, like, they make tournament every year, and then they're out first game. This team could make a sweet 16 run just because, again, their guard play is stellar. And for Gonzaga, again, I this is, I would not, this is not the regular, in my opinion, like, tournament-ready bound team I've seen before just because I don't think they have the lottery talent they're used to. Could they win a couple of games in March? Sure. But, man, again, their guards are just – they don't shine out to me like they normally do. And if Timmy was to ever get in foul trouble, he's their he's their go-to guy for sure. So um, if they can be, may play a team that has a big that can kind of try to match up and body up against them, they could be in a little bit of trouble. But, you know he's got another year of eligibility. Wow. Just so you know. Man, that's crazy. God, that's crazy. That really is crazy. Holy cow. Um, they said but, it during the game. I was like, oh, wow, that's right. I looked it up. I was like, that's true. It must be the COVID year. Oh, yeah, you're right. But that, that win did give them, make them uh, co-conference champs. So, Gonzaga still has a part of that ship okay, for the con- the conference championship regular season title. I got them that. But, hey, don't be surprised. if Swain is, I'm not staying Final Four, but – St. Mary's Sweet 16 is in their writing because that's a good-ass team. Obviously, matchups predict the fights. All that's like that a boxing. final four for them, you it, know, it would, yeah, in a sense. I don't think – you know, they've made the tournament for the last handful of years, Chris, but I don't think they've ever been a Sweet 16 team that I can recall, or not often. But yeah, not be, often. I think they did make it, but, yeah, it's not ongoingly. They've had a good program, but, yeah. You're right, they have. They've been yeah, a clear second fiddle. For sure, yes. So, that, that another again, solid guards lead to good success in March. Well, going along with the to hell with the the home court, uh, Chris and Marshall, Kansas at TCU, Marquette at Creighton, which that summed them up. Nova um, won on the game. I think at Xavier, like that just it just goes to show you how crazy of a a week it was. And we will talk a little bubble talk. Um, We'll talk quad one wins. My my co-host. We're just talking about Kansas and their quad one wins. I have a stat for quad one wins by conference. Uh, before we get into this uh, whip around, 
what says you? Anything else from, uh, you know, during the week or, or anything like that? Uh, My uh, Minnesota Gophers didn't win another game uh, this week. Okay, we summed that up. Um, anything else? Uh, my Tar Heels finally got a quad one win. Which quad one. Needed. God darn. I, I mean, it was about time. But, uh, no, I, I think that we had, uh, Saturday was crazy and insane. I think that's going to be a nice little preview uh, for what is to come in the following weeks of March, my friend. So, and by the way, Caitlin Clark, game winner at, uh, at home, but knocking off number two, Indiana. There's some ballers in women's basketball where you're like, oh, shit, dude, hold on. And she's one of them. Just want to throw that out there. Okay. Quad one wins. Of course, quad one. What does it mean? Home games versus top 30. Neutral site game versus top 50. Road win versus top 75. Now, we can argue about the rankings and all that, but that just, just to clarify that. And quad wins by conference. The Big Ten, or sorry, the Big 12 has 66 of them. Big 10, 60, SEC 46, ACC 34, Big East 32, and the Pac-12, 31 of them. Um, let's start, you know, in, in the uh, the best conference on paper. Um, we'll see when the tournament comes, but sometimes that really doesn't matter. It's still the best conference. I think it's pretty much hands down the Big 12. Uh, what do you know? Kansas is in the lead. Um, but... You know, they have a home game against Texas Tech, and then they travel on the road at Texas. So the gut, you know, knee-jerk reaction, Marshall, as well, that's for the chip right there. But hang on. The Longhorns have to travel to TCU prior. And TCU, I think, now uh, is three in a row after losing, like, four of five. They're healthy. So, um and then, you know, Baylor loses their top score. They didn't call it a high ankle sprain, but we got to see how that plays into the tourney as well. But it's looking like Kansas and Texas, right, with Texas only a game back. But, uh, you know, TCU is going to have something to say about that, especially sitting at 8-8 eight eight in the conference, 19-10 and 10 overall. Like I said, winners of three in a row. Yeah, man, this – this is going to be a fun conference to watch in March Madness. Or three out of four, my bad. Three out of four. It's not three in a row. Sorry, guy. Like, mathematically, some might have to end up playing each other because I think a handful of these teams can make the Sweet 16. Um, On uh, record, it, right now, breaking news, seven Big 12 teams will make the Sweet 16. <laughs> Sorry, now, KU, again, they're not quite the flashiest lottery pick team they have all year. Damn, they keep winning games. They have 15 quad one wins. That's yep. the, the second best teams in the country have 10. Uh, That's a large gap. Wilson is their go-to big that Grady Dick has become a good three-point shooting guard. He's still a freshman, you know, so he's, he's improving. Uh, but they're, they're a good defensive squad. Normally Kansas is a little more of a, a little more of a flashy half court offense or run and gun offense. They're not, that's not quite their team this year, but that's a good team. Uh, TCU, my only fear for them is a good team, but they don't have a true point guard. Like I, I watched, I was watching when they played the coming down the stretch against Kansas and, uh, Baylor last handful of weeks. 
when the game is on the line, their offense kind of falls apart because they have players, but they don't have that guy to create with the ball in his hands. And as you can tell, when they when they when their possessions matter, Chris, it gets a little shaky. Again, <clears throat> good team. They got Mike Miles, that dude's a stud. They got um, Lampkin, who's a good center. They got Bond, but like they don't have a true point guard, and it's rare to see it. But it's just it, it, their their offense can stumble a bit. Iowa State, they got to get their shit together. They've been in a huge funk for the last handful of weeks or two weeks now. Um, they did lose Krug, one of their guards, but. I mean, they've fallen off. They've they've fallen off the deep end quite a bit. Um, Baylor again. I got them going Final Four. That's a, a good ass team with experience and a bunch of good guards. And I mean, God, the the whole Texas again. They're they've been ranked in the top ten for the past month. I know I always take shots at their offense, but I mean, clearly a majority of the country loves them to be ranked top ten for almost the whole season, dude. But you make top, a good point though. They have good wins and everything like that, but the outside shooting especially, only having one guy that can really get hot from three mostly. And yeah. we saw that in 2010 with uh, Kentucky, and they had Wall and Boogie on the team in Bledsoe, you know, and they, they yeah. all of a sudden, you know, missed 20 straight threes or whatever. Yeah, that that's just – yeah, that, that team, uh, talented. The, again, Texas will – their their matchups they play in turn will be more important than others because if it's kind of like a half court grindy out game, Texas will be in a really good situation. If it's kind of a hey running gun, let's see how much we can score. That would be uh, to less of their advantage. Uh, so yeah, I mean the Big Twelve man, it's and Oklahoma and Texas Tech, they've been giving people headaches all year of late. And Texas Tech, even though their their lot their win loss record looks ugly. If they can get a few more quad one wins in, and they can have a nice little showing in the Big Twelve, I know they're five and eleven in conference, but their 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 win resume is impressive, and they might actually be able to maybe sneak in on the bubble because we have a, a like they I think they have three wins at home against teams ranked in the top thirteen. You maybe add a few more in. I know normally you got to have like a, a five hundred record or better, Chris, to make the dance, but it it's it looks ugly. But their 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 win resume side is pretty damn impressive. So I wouldn't count them out. If you're a Red Raiders fan, your season's maybe not quite over yet. And lastly, K State, a good ass team. We won't talk forever, but they're a good squad. The only thing that scares me is their point guard tries to be Stephen Curry sometimes, and he's not quite Stephen Curry yet. Moving on to the SEC, Alabama has got it in the bank. They're two games ahead now. They have the nine and two on the road, which is by far. Uh, I think A and M is uh, six and four, Kentucky five and four. But um, you know, A <laughs> and M to have such a great season, and then to get caught looking ahead and dropping one on the road at Mississippi State, that one's got to hurt. I mean, they would have been playing more than likely for the regular season chip, Kentucky has won four in a row now. They're up um, to 11-5. Tennessee is just chilling there at 10-6. And And then you got to go all the way down to Mississippi State, 7-9, speaking of desperate teams, 7-9 Stone Conference. It tells you it's a pretty deep conference, though, still competitive because, you know, 10 deep, you're at 7-9. You're almost 500 at 10 deep. That is pretty impressive. But um, 
man, I was really hoping that A&M would win that. Uh, no offense against Mississippi State. Just to get some, you know, drama in that last game. But, you know, that's what the conference finals for, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for the SEC, it, it's been it's been strong. I don't think that um, – I think they've exceeded expectations is what I should say. Uh, I don't think anyone thought that Bama would have less conference losses in basketball than football. You You, you probably could have. Hell, you probably could have made a shitload of money if you just said that Alabama's conference record would have uh, less losses than uh, same had in football this year. You could probably want to, could have won a fortune off that. Um, A&M, they continue to impress. They they were kind of unranked last season. Now they got 24 next to them. Kentucky, <clears throat> despite their hiccups, Calipari as usual has his guys grinding. Now, I, I remember I foolishly picked them to win the title last year. They got knocked out round one. So you never quite know what's going to happen with Calipari and his young crew, but they've been playing good ball. And that Tashibwe is one of the top probably five players in basketball, at least from an NBA standpoint. And Tennessee, good team, great team, but you you are a defensive DNA team. And if you have an offensive job or play a running gun team, can you score 80 in a game and win? Or, you know, cause that is one point I, I heard it made on a, on a show. I forget what I was listening to, but we, one thing we got to remember, Chris, is that in March, these teams play teams they don't normally play. Like conference play definitely sure. should be respected. And I, I'm taking up the way from Alabama, but Bama and when Bama plays Kentucky, Auburn, or Tennessee, they play each other every year. They kind of know each other's DNA. So that's why a lot of times when you will see, like I think it was two, three years ago, the Big Ten had a tremendous regular season. And everyone, oh, damn, yeah, like seven teams in the Big Ten going to the big dance. They're all going to be uh, having great years. And then after the first week, like five of those seven teams got beat. It's like, what the hell happened? Oh, the Big Ten, what a joke of a year. No, those teams deserve credit. But when you make the yeah, tournament. Yeah, because some of it is non-conference, too. Yeah. You know? and, and, you and did we, well in non-conference, too, but teams can improve over the year. Yeah, and also it's the fact that when you're scouting a team, you again, Bama knows Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn, how they play. When Bama's got to play uh, Arizona State or or uh, Oral Roberts, you know, it's like, well, shit, we, you know, especially you only have a day or two to watch film. It's like, oh, wait, wait oh, man, they lost. Well, God, the SEC was a joke this year. No, the the March Madness, that's why we love the sport because you're, you're more likely, and again, it's kind of a rule. I think they pretty much always try to make it to where – Obviously, you'll never play a conference opponent in the first round if they can make it happen. And normally, you try to avoid it until the Sweet 16. So, got to remember that when they, when you make a tournament, that doesn't discredit what you did for the regular season. It's just you play different teams who you aren't familiar with. So, uh, for bubble talk in the SEC, I think that Missouri and Auburn have a good chance of making it. Uh, the Razorbacks that are back to 500 in conference, God, they almost would have clinched a spot. They had Bama on the ropes. They were up seven at half. Bama came back in the second half. So Arkansas, Vanderbilt, uh, Auburn, Mizzou, all going to be fighting for that uh, bubble bubble dancing. And the, the SEC tournament will be more important to those four than the others because Bama, A&M, Kentucky, Tennessee, their locks for March Madness just depends on their seed. Yeah, and just in general, this has come from Jeff uh, Goodman, Goodman Hoops on Twitter. Uh, from the weekend, bubble winners and bubble losers. Arizona, 
North Carolina, Mississippi State, Clemson, Michigan, and USC. Those are the winners, the losers. Boise State at uh, San Jose State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and then Wisconsin at Michigan. Um, you know, some teams that have just kind of been lingering right there. But um, moving on to the ACC, um, you know, Miami went down. They've been playing great, but they they went down. They gave up the big lead. Now Pitt, you know, leads by half a game. Um, and they already have a win over Miami and Virginia, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I think there's Virginia. I think Virginia plays, I want to say Virginia plays Clemson as well um, to close out the regular season. So that's kind of interesting just in general. Um, you know, Clemson, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how, you know, can they keep the lead? Obviously, they didn't. They didn't fall way apart, though, in a sense. They lost back-to-back games and, um, you know, now have won back-to-back games. So, uh, But really, it doesn't look like it's coming down to Pitt um, in Miami, and they actually get to play to close out, uh, you know, the year, which is pretty cool. <coughs> yeah, and this was uh, – hey, credit to Capel. That dude, every year since he's been at Pitt, they've improved every year. And now you're in contention for um, winning an ACC title, which is probably maybe a year or two advanced than what people thought, or sooner than people thought. So credit to them. Uh, Clemson had a bit of a rough patch. Or they maybe won't win the conference this year, and they did fall down a few games, but they 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 actually came back one two in a row. Uh, they had a, a great win, a good win at NC State this past weekend, where they dropped like 96 on them. Uh, that was a super fun game to watch for an over, <coughs> and. Virginia, again, much like Tennessee, who will they play in the tournament and what kind of team are they offensively? Because Virginia's got their butt kicked out the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Carolina whooped up on them, and they had a loss. They, they had an embarrassing loss to Boston College. So, again, this is a Virginia team where defensively are good. They want to play their slow stall ball. But if they got to score 70 game, can they? Who, who knows? Time will tell. And Miami, I would not want to be the next team to play Miami. I could only imagine the type of beautiful practice they had after they blew a 25-point lead to a, a Florida State team who again is at the bottom of the bracket. I, I'm sure those Miami guys were dreading going to the gym on Sunday or Monday because the coach probably wasn't too pleased. Well, and they don't have to play a game until next until the weekend too. So it's like no, it's more than just one game, oh. one day. Oh, okay. <laughs> So oh, he's going to brutalize them till like Wednesday, then give them Thursday off and get them fresh in for a walkthrough on Friday, uh, just to just to make up for it. Uh, but yeah, it's always cool that you know we got that. We thought we'd get it with a couple more. We just talked about the SEC and whatnot. Hopefully, we get that with the Big Twelve. You know, just from a fan's perspective, you know, but Texas does have to get past TCU at TCU. That's going to be tough. Moving on to the Big East. Um, Marquette, you know, with that Xavier win, cleaned it all up. Basically, they have a two-game lead. They play at Butler and St. John's. They should win at least one of those. Um, I'd say the hottest team, you know, Creighton kind of, not fell apart, but, you know, it's kind of notched down a little bit. But the hottest team right now is UConn. They're sitting at 11-7 and in conference. They're winners of six of their last seven in three in a row. They're in the Big East. 
I can talk about them for a long time, but I'll keep it short because it's not the only conference. Uh, hey, Marquette, you're still hanging up there. Like, props to you. All year I've kind of talked a lot about Xavier, Providence, uh, Creighton, UConn, but Marquette's going to be the one that's going to win the conference. They had a huge win over uh, Creighton. Uh, so, hey, Shaka, the best year you've had there um, in a long time. You did have a, a little bit of an easier patch of a scheduling. But now you've come back with some great wins against your other ranked opponents. Uh, Xavier, they'll be a good team this year. They need Fremantle back, though. He's kind of that, their glue piece that keeps them a solid crew. Providence, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Ed Cooley won a couple of games in March Madness again like they did last year. They're, they're not a, a deep tournament team, but they're a good-ass team. And Creighton, uh, they did get their butt kicked by Villanova. Uh, I think they're kind of due for a bad loss. Grayson have been playing. They haven't got right out of gym for almost over a month and a half. Uh, UConn, somehow, Chris, they're 11 and 7 in conference and are still ranked 14th in the country. They, they've had like a special potion to stay highly ranked yet losing games throughout the year. And Nova, everyone loves them on the media side. Uh, 9 and 9 now. You got Justin Moore back. He's healthy. Uh, I'm sure if I said a bad word about them on the podcast, I'd be fine because you'll never hear an announcer say a bad word about them on any game. You watch them on television. So they're playing better ball, though. They got Justin Moore. They get they can shoot the threes, and they're the best free-throw shooting team in Division One. So I mentioned a couple times today that guard play matters for tournament time. So does free throws, and they are the best free-throw shooting team in all of the country that helps you win close games when they matter. Yeah, no doubt. I couldn't hear anything in your voice that's behind the Villanova stuff as a North Carolina fan. I could I couldn't even I couldn't hear any of that. I didn't pick that up, so that's cool. Uh that you know, you're non biased when it comes to that. Um anyway, Big Ten, Northwestern. Marshall, we propped him up. We gave him credit. Still still deserve a ton of credit. But <laughs> they lost both their games last week. Um Purdue's on the slide uh, the last two weeks. It's been kind of like, hmm, maybe this is what they need to kind of get some competition again because they had some great wins early in the season in the non-conference, looking really good, not so much. And then, holy shit, Maryland. I mean, holy crap, dude. Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. Like, that. they have it's, – it's, it's been a great season. They, I mean, the way they've – they, by the way, they have a win over Miami. Um, just want to throw that out there. A very tight loss to Tennessee. Now, I remember they got their ass kicked by Ukula. Uh And they just started out, you know, like, what was it? Uh, four and, or two and four or one and four, something like that. But they have made a hell of a run. They're going to close out the year at Ohio State and at Penn State. On the surface, you go, well, they should get that done. They have lost to Nebraska in Michigan State on the road, their last two road games. Something to think about, but, yeah, man, I mean, Purdue's going to win, uh, but it's kind of by default because Northwestern kind of fell apart there. Indiana's kind of fluctuated up and down. Indiana got a big, big win, and uh, they're a long, long team that has, like a long, lanky team that has a star player, too. So, you know, I, I really like Indiana in many ways. Um, and I don't know. Purdue, man, they just, they've been falling apart. 
that's kind of their DNA, Chris. Like, if you were to look for, hell, since we've done this podcast, the team with the best record from, like, December to mid-February is produced probably one of the best teams in the country. Like, they always have a really good December, January, mid-February. <clears throat> but they almost never make the Sweet 16. Like, they're almost a guarantee to make the tournament anywhere from, like, a two-seed to a six-seed. But man, come March time, I, I think I think he's made I think they've made the Sweet Sixteen like once in their past like seven trips, and this is really a team that's really like again a, a single digit seed. So for whatever reason, like obviously you can't ignore Edie. He's one of the best players in the country this year. But it's just another stretch of the year where Purdue's struggling down the stretch. Not surprised at all. Will they get bowed out for the Sweet Sixteen? Probably so. That's what your their history tells you about them. Uh, for Maryland, they've just kind of been quietly having a good year, but they defend their home turf. Juan Dixon, you, uh, 16 to one in their home court. They are two and seven away. So are they an elite team? No, like their, their, their road record, but then again, every, almost every team in the big 10 is a bad road record, but, uh, Maryland's got a good squad. Uh, Northwestern, if I get to go dancing, Indiana, you do have Purdue's number. You, you swept Purdue. That's a hell of a good year. Uh, Michigan hit a buzzer beater at the, uh, at versus Wisconsin yesterday to force an OT and win. Uh, that could have been huge for their bubble. Iowa, as we said earlier, had a 13 point comeback, uh, with 94 seconds to go. That helps their bubble. Uh, and the final line I, good season this year. Them and Rutgers and Sparty are all probably going to be fighting to make in that final bubble. So the bubble, the bubble dance is huge for SEC and the Big Ten, Chris. Those conference tournaments will be very important because I would say combined, there's probably seven teams in the Big Ten and the SEC right now who are all living on the bubble, hoping to sneak in. Um, and that's more so than normal for those conferences. Only those conferences have kind of a little more teams etched in. I think those uh, conference tournaments are going to be really enjoyable because a lot of teams are going to be playing for their life to advance and play the following week. Hello? Okay, sorry. So I'm having a little problems here. Um, so about the Sweet 16, you said they, they, they've only made one Sweet 16? I think I think Purdue's only made like one Sweet 16 that are past like six or seven tournaments, I believe, yeah. They normally fade away before they get there. For the most uh, part. I mean, they made the Sweet 16 last year. Um, I guess they couldn't. Nobody made the Sweet 16 the year before that, right? Or no, that was all oh, 2020. Oh, yeah. Wait, that wasn't last year. That was two years ago. That's my bad. Um, no, yeah, they made this. They've made this since 2014. They made the Sweet 16 five times. Oh, shit. okay. Yeah, I really thought. I really thought it was less. They made okay. the Elite Eight. Um, you know that one year, but one year. Okay, just, maybe get past the Sweet 16. I might have misread the stab, but fair enough. You, but you they got had there. some teams where they should have been into the final four to your point or yeah you know, yeah besides that one year um to, to to go on you know with your point and whatnot um dee, dee, dee. God, there was another point i was gonna make but i just spaced it um hold on damn it what the hell anyway i uh i'm having a little computer issue all of a sudden why don't you take us to the pac 12 or something else here sir <laughs> 
Yes, for the Pac-12, um, again, for my Sun Devils, <clears throat> after they beat University of Arizona, Lenardi said they're still out. I got to imagine they're pretty close, so that was obviously a huge win to beat a, a top-seven team on the road. So ASU probably should be dancing. Uh, USC, um, they haven't been ranked much this year, but you're 13-5 in conference. You got that. You'll actually hell your time there's Arizona out for the two-seed. USC should be going dancing. <clears throat> Oregon and Utah definitely will be playing for their uh, March Madness last. They probably need to have a little bit of a deeper run because their conference play is not quite as strong as the Big 12 or Big 10, so they don't quite maybe have all the wins that those other teams do. But they're, I would say your fan, your season's over. And UCLA, uh, their game this past Sunday, they were down at half to Colorado. Had a nice comeback win. Again, it, it's never it's never pretty. Like, they never run people out the gym. But it is just such a fundamental, experienced, veteran deep team that UCLA is going to probably going to drop like 65 points on you. But they're going to play their pace, their game, their style, and they've won eight games in a row. Like, this time of the year, you win eight games in a row, you're doing something right. And they're ranked fourth in the country. Like, that team is – that's just a good-ass team. So – UCLA is for sure locked in. U of A is locked in the tournament. USC should be. And if Arizona State's got to be on the bubble, I'm assuming that says the same for Oregon and Utah. So you got about three bubble teams in the big, in the Pac 12 and three teams are shoot in. Uh, Washington State, Washington's too little, too late. Uh, and yeah, Arizona State, man, that, that was a fun college game basketball. Whenever you beat a rival for the, what, second time in 12 years, and it's kind of just a fun little poke at them. Cause again, like we've said for college football, it's hard to call like Tennessee and Bama rival or those times where you consistently or like with Ohio State and Michigan. If you can never beat your rival, it's hard to call them your rival. So at least for this week in Tempe, Arizona State call Arizona the rival in which was a fun buzzer beater win. No doubt. And uh, catching back up with the Mountain West, looks like San Diego State has got it locked based off of that, what, 73-71 win. At New Mexico, they were, I mean, New Mexico needed that win, but uh, just as far as Boise State, they needed them to lose because they play them tomorrow on the road. San Diego State plays on the road at Boise State. That would have been a big game. But now, as it stands, they could lose that game and, uh, and then just win their last game uh, against uh, Wyoming at home. And so it does take kind of the fun out of it, but it still has been – you know, an interesting, uh, per usual, an interesting conference. And um, I think it's, it, 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 you know, I think now that we were almost in March, uh, we were kind of, we had some people kind of give their take on what they think is the best mid-major. I think it's pretty clear this and the, the West Coast Conference have been the best mid-majors. I'm with you, sir. And... For that one, it, it's kind of been fun watching all those teams kind of like rotate and shuffle their way through. Like, at times, Boise looks to be the best. At times, San Diego, well, obviously, San Diego State's got the best record. But the it's kind of been, has played really well. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of been a fun little boxing match of, I should say, second through five. Uh, Boise, Wolfpack, Nevada, Utah State, New Mexico. Now, San Jose State is also there. And much like we gave a, a bunch of credit to when their football team won their conference uh, two years ago, 
uh, get a shitload of props, San Diego State, San Jose State basketball, because I think they won like two games in our conference last year were uh, kind of a, a doormat team. They're eight and eight in the conference. So in the span of three years, you've turned around a football program to win the conference. And then now you've had a basketball program who won two games last year in conference. You're eight and eight this year. That's cool, man. I don't know. They, I, they must be finding ways to recruit kids in, in San Jose State, Chris, because they were kind of a joke of a whole school for a long handful of years. So credit to them. And I love New Mexico, man. The Lobos, you have two guys on your team who could be future NBA guards, but you're seven to nine. And you're going to have to put together a deep run of your conference tournament, probably upset a couple of teams, because even though you have two NBA future guards in your backcourt, when you're under 500 in conference play, that sucks. And one of their biggest issues is they average like five and a half threes a game. And in a year where, well, a year of college basketball where the threes matter, if you're a 300-ranked shooting three-point team, which Carolina has been over the years, but you don't have the bigs to match it, that's a massive issue, Chris. So, again, great lottery backcourt, but defensively they're kind of trash. They can't hit the three balls. So uh, it is weird to see a team with so much I don't much know count. if Mashburn Jr. is going in the lottery. I'll oh, say okay, that. sorry. NBA, you're right. NBA guards, potential NBA draft picks. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, but it's that, just what so, we call, uh, what we call that in the upper Midwest, not just the Midwest, the upper Midwest, we call that the Patino effect, <laughs> uh, Patino well, Jr. Shit. I'm speaking of Patino yes. Jr. and the outside shooting, we had about three dudes that came in shooting the lights out. Um, no, but the outside shooting, missing open shots, just whatever. I don't know. I, I hate to do it. But I'm not trying to be like, oh, he's at Minnesota, F him. Um, but, you know, there's like five players, six players all across the country that are having good years. But that team was 15 and 16 with those players. So, you know, we'll, I, I hope the best for Patino. I liked him as a coach. But um, when people say, oh, look, look, at you let Patino go. It's like, well, calm down a little bit. Let's see how he does there. In a conference that is damn good, but – it's not a power five. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, but you know what? They can make a run because they started out really hot. They started out eight and two or eighteen and two, eighteen and one. They were clicking, and they had some good wins too. They definitely had some good wins. Um, let's get to it tonight. We do have Baylor uh, at the eight o'clock tip at Oklahoma State. Leading scorer out, but you know they're a deep, deep team. Some of the highlights from this week, Tuesday, San Diego State at Boise State. We talked about that. Uh, Xavier at Providence, Texas at TCU. The mid-major tourney stuff is going to be brewing by the time Friday rolls around, right? Uh, Thursday, Friday, and whatnot. Um, and then on Saturday, Zona at Ukula. Yeah, it's not going to be for the, the, the title. Uh, same with Bama. Um, at A&M, Kansas and Texas, let's hope it is. But we got some really interesting matchups this week. Yeah, this week should be a lot of fun. Also, like, I don't – like, the Atlantic Sun, how their, their conference tournament started today. Uh, I will say the one fun thing, if you're maybe newer to college basketball, is the fact that a lot of these smaller conference tournaments don't get, like, the Madison Square Garden Big East deal or Greensboro for ACC or, like, the Kansas City for Big 12. A lot of these smaller college conferences who are one-bid uh, conferences, you get to play in your home court. If you're the one seed, yeah. like, you'll host the tournament. So 
that makes it really fun. It makes for crazy environments. It makes it even more special if you're a road team that literally gets to send a student section home saying, dude, we're the one seed and we're not even going to the dance. Like, <clears throat> so just as you're watching, making, making bets or listening, uh, yeah, you'll see these teams get to have home games because obviously you don't, you don't maybe have the money in the TV deals to have the Atlantic Sun played in Madison Square Garden. That wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. So, yeah, that, that has started, and they will continue to go throughout the week. Um, but aside from that, as you mentioned, uh, Baylor, a team who I did stamp in to make the Final Four today, about a half an hour ago. Do you have a deal uh, with Baylor now, a sponsorship deal or something? Because I think it, it's, this is getting like uh, a certain coach from Old Miss now. We're starting to get a quota here. <laughs> And this is the third time you've mentioned it, for Christ's sake. Well, they're they're the they're the one ranked team playing today. It just kind of it, it worked out that way, Chris. It worked out that way. Um, they do go to Oak State. Uh, Oak State, man, it, this is a game they have to have just because they're well, again they're they're kind of the one of the few teams in the Big Twelve where you you played a hard conference all year, but your win loss record is a little dicey. So can they pull it out? I'm not sure. Um. Obviously, a home team in college basketball is never has no chance. Uh, I do think it'll be a close game, but I'm the pick. Uh, Baylor wins just my co-host can give me shit. Uh, but yeah, I think they'll pull out the victory. Um, this game, obviously, I think as you said, they're they're one of their best players has a, a sprained ankle, but that is nothing that should be too big of an issue. Uh, and as the calendar rolls over to tomorrow, uh, this is a fun one. Clemson plays Virginia. So Clemson just dropped 97 on uh, NC State this past week. So they love to run and gun, and Virginia is going to want to score 63. So in a battle for kind of second tier place right now in the ACC, um, I'm going I'm to go with Clemson. I'm going to say Clemson pulls off of an upset. They are a six and a half point underdog at UVA, but I think they've been playing overall more consistent basketball. Uh, UVA had that bad loss to BC. Uh, Carolina beat them. Uh, I think Clemson continues that magic, and Texas that Tech. That magic, he said. <laughs> Texas Tech uh, walks into Lawrence. Okay, so Texas Tech, they, they are 16-13 and 13 on the year, 5-11 and 11 in the Big 12. But those five wins are against top 10 teams or top 13. If Texas Tech could sneak into Lawrence and pull off a win, that'd be another huge win for them. Uh, Iowa. Also, man, this is a great time for teams to get sneaky wins. Iowa goes to Indiana. Indiana, will they be hung over after sweeping the season on Purdue? Possibly. Arkansas goes into Tennessee. Win that game. That's a huge stance for your bubble. And San Diego State travels to Boise State. Now, I I think I'd have to look at the tiebreakers. San Diego State probably has the Mountain West wrapped up, but we already went over it, Marshall. You were checking your quote sponsors or something but for Boise State now the seeds matter though because there is a huge cluster of teams going for that two to five seed in the Mountain West where seeding could play a factor maybe a first round bye depending how they do the conference tournament so Uh that could be a huge win for Boise State so man and uh that's Tuesday is just a bunch of teams that could get big wins man wait god this this is a solid week uh well actually the best game obviously well two great games on um Wednesday Xavier goes to Providence. I would bet you a hundred bucks that'll be a, a, a whoever wins that game is going to be a five point win, one way or another. That'll be a 
back and forth neck and neck close game. Auburn travels to Bama, two or three, and uh, Texas travels to TCU. Ooh, uh, either way, that would be a very good win for Texas or TCU. Um, I would favor TCU just because they're at home. But man, for Xavier Providence again, seeding implies a factor, and, and Auburn travels to Bama, Chris. I'm going to pick another upset win and say Auburn's able to sneak one past their football slash college rivals. I think Auburn is able to win at Bama Tuscaloosa on Wednesday. Man, I got uh, Boise State to beat San Diego State because it doesn't mean as much to Bo- or to San Diego State because they're sure. number one. But um, but exactly what you were saying as far as you know the seating and, and still mean a lot and all that good stuff. I think Providence will beat Xavier. I think TCU will beat Texas. Um, Arizona State at Ukula. I, I believe in Ukula a little too much. I think they'll get it. In fact, I'm calling for uh, Arizona to beat USC as well, but that's those are interesting games on Thursday night as well. And then just kind of wrapping this stuff up, Alabama at A&M. Are you going to pick Alabama to lose two in a row then? Uh, or are you no. going to say they're pissed off and they're going to flip it? So they're going to lose to a team they shouldn't, and then they'll beat A&M? Agreed, yes. Okay, that's interesting. I got um, – because a and so mad that they dropped to a, you know, relatively good team, Mississippi State. But still, it's like, dude, you just beat Tennessee. You did your job. You should have finished it. I think they'll be just motivated. So I um, – I'm going to pick A&M in that one. Um, Kentucky-Arkansas is a really interesting game, too, um, based off what you were just saying. I'm going to go because they just lost. So I got Texas protecting. Carr is going to hit uh, five of eight from three. Okay. And somebody else is going to hit three threes. Uh, It may be three of 20, but they're going to hit three. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Um, But I got Texas to win. I also got Miami to win. I'm going home team. Texas, Miami at home, and then Ukula as well to, as the nightcap. So I got a bunch of – yeah, I got – and I got those four all at home. I got them all winning in the marquee matchup, sir. I will take Arizona to beat UCLA. I think that is a massive contrast of styles, and I just think that the higher-paced team will get that done. That is an upset because I do think UCLA is a better team, but I'll pick an upset. Uh, UConn goes into Nova, Nova, and I, I don't like that team, and the media never says a bad word. No. But, um, I, I, do, I never would have guessed you didn't like that team. I do think that Nova will able to, will defend off UConn and win that game. Um, I will take KU to win at Texas. I, I've, I've been ripping Texas all year. I, I do think that KU is able to find a way to get a road win there. And, I'll take Arkansas, man. They they have a lot of chances, kind of really secure that bubble spot for themselves. I think that they get a win against Kentucky uh, in Fayetteville on Saturday, and um, Iowa State. They need something. Like I, I'm sure their win loss records are good enough because they start off the year hot. They go to Baylor Saturday. I don't think they get it done, but at least have a good performance because this was an Iowa State team that was ranked like top twelve. I want to say. And they're now eight and eight. They're, yeah. they're they're really they've lost six out of seven games or five out of six. They're playing pretty bad basketball, so they need e- even a moral victory against Baylor would would help them, Chris. They, they've 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 got into a bit of a funk. Uh, 
And just to wrap it up, uh, number, on Sunday, number one, Houston goes to Memphis. Those two always play each other really, those, yeah, yeah those like two Memphis always play each other really tight. Uh huh. Uh, Michigan travels to Indiana. Michigan's still on the bubble. They still, they, if they, a win in Indiana would be huge for them. Illinois goes to Purdue. Illinois is a scrappy ass team. They, they don't, they don't get blown out much. And I think they've kind of been finding their groove of late. And another Big Ten game, Maryland goes to Penn State. That's not maybe a huge game per se for March Madness, but should be a solid game to watch. So a lot of uh, Big Ten hoops on Sunday. And God, when we finish this upcoming Sunday, then the regular season, uh, wraps up and then we have we'll have conference tournament play next week uh for the big dogs so again this is the best time of year i know some people say that the the conference week of the big big conferences is just as good as the first week of march madness now aside from like the marketing and making the bracket there's a lot of truth to that you get probably even more basketball next week than you do in march madness and it's a great time of the year so pretty much buckle in because march hits in two days chris and we get spoiled with a month of great basketball which as of this year man again i think 10 12 teams cut down the nets that's a a very fun thing to say because normally that's something you never echo in college basketball podcasts yeah and um you know we're not getting as much drama as it seemed like the last couple of weeks as far as the last game of the year for the regular season title we got a ton of drama on the court, but as For far sure. as lining them up, how it appeared to be. So what that means is the conference <laughs> tournament is going to pop off. Why don't you get us yes. out of here, sir? Oh, okay. By the way, I'm going to make one request for you. I'm doing it a week ahead. Next week, I want my co-host, Chris Carlson, to predict one team to make his final four. I've stamped into, I'm giving my boy a week. I'm giving a week to think about it, but I would like you to predict one final four team on next week's show. So I, I, it wasn't spur of the moment, giving him a seven days head notice. So on well, that note, one team is not really. You can spur a moment that, but thank you. I'll, I'll take a week to think right. about. It. I'll take for, that week for all the years I've I've I've, I've given you a quick question. I'm giving you a I week appreciate now. It. <laughs> it's only I fair. I appreciate that. <laughs> so on that note, I, I scored some good graces with my co-host for the first time in about eight years of doing that. So. We'll be back next week. The um, By next week, a lot of small mid-major conferences teams will have clinched bids. And we will be talking the bubble next week because the bubble becomes a big factor. And I Because uh, with 68 teams going, there will be some teams left out. It just makes it more fun. So, as always, stay safe, stay warm. Hopefully the, the snowstorms are, are leaving us and they're gone for good this year so we can just focus on basketball. Hey, he's not talking them. about us, Minnesota. Just so you know, he's in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so March on that is note, the second snowiest, uh, you know, month. But keep I was going. saying that let, let, the snow can be gone for good now. Let it go away. Let it go away. Start melting. Right, start right. melting. So my dad can start golfing. So on that note, good thanks. To, thanks for the support. Thanks for always listening. We appreciate you. We'll be back again next Monday when we get closer to drawing our brackets. The boys are out tonight. Peace. <laughs>